all you beautiful creatures out there, it's time for another episode of Real True Facts, the Real True Podcast. My name is Dolly Parton. And I am Leo Cohen. Not that one. Not that one. Neither of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Neither of We're, us. Yeah. Neither of us yeah. are the ones you may be familiar with. Don't uh, don't get confused. Uh, before we get into our subject today, a little bit of news. We are pleased to announce that we are now part of the Podmoth Media Network. So keep a lookout for them on Instagram uh, at Podmoth. You can see a bunch of interesting shows on there that follow all of our favorite supernatural and paranormal themes. So we're happy to be included in their lineup. Yes. Yes, we are. So today we're going to uh, sparkle and shine because we are talking all about our favorite trickster deities, the fair folk or fairies. Yeah, fairies, fae, pixies. I know there are a lot of names um, and I'll be curious uh, to hear more uh, later in the episode about, um, you know, what the, the correct nomenclature is because it's really easy to get confused. Um, and, you know, it's just one more thing that kind of goes back uh Quite uh, quite a while in, on the human timeline that uh, doesn't seem to disappear. Right. Yeah, they've been around in just about every society. They've taken on a lot of different shapes and sizes. Um, you know, I always talk about Peter Pan. You know, Tinkerbell. She's a fairy. So there's a lot of things in pop culture, and so it'll be interesting to see how those uh, images in pop culture line up with what the uh, real real true facts are. Yeah, yeah. Um, once again, we encounter our um, our old friend of uh, of media and how it's how uh, the truth is portrayed. Yeah, we never know. Sometimes they, uh, you know, hit it in bullseye. Sometimes they miss the mark. So we'll talk all about that today. Uh, but uh, Leo, I want to ask you: Have you ever seen a fairy? <sighs> In person, I don't believe so. Um, thinking about this week's topic, I, I did, you know, think back a bit, but um, I'm not sure. You know, it's one of those things where I may have seen something at some point, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, and um, I did watch some videos, though, and I have to say, I uh, some of those have to be real. Yeah. Are they, are they, I didn't see any of these videos. Are they scary or? No, the ones that I watched were home, uh, home, uh, you know, home videos, just stuff that people recorded on their own, uh, some security camera footage. And, um, you know, most of them were just kind of caught in the wild and really small, uh, flying objects that were not bugs. And, um, there were a couple photos, but the videos really, you know, the moving images tell much more of the, uh, the tale, I, I think. Have you ever seen uh, a fairy? Um, I don't think so. However, growing up, my family was very much into fairies. Um, I think we just had sort of like a natural respect for them. And I always thought lightning bugs uh, or fireflies were fairies. I always mm. thought that, you know, they were just, they, were, they seemed so uh, beautiful and mystical. And I always thought they were just really pretty creatures. I know a lot of times um, they're uh, shown as being kind of like fearsome, like they have little sharp teeth and claws and things like that. But um, I remember being a kid and my mom and me would feed the fairies. We would uh, like throw strawberries out into the yard because I guess fairies lived in the in the yard. They live outside. So we, we would throw strawberries out into the yard. And we'd also throw like rum out into the yard too because I guess fairies like to drink. <laughs> just, just splash it into the yeah, grass? We would, or? Yeah, we would just splash rum into the grass and like hmm. just strawberries and throw them out. And uh, then we'd go check in the morning and see if the strawberries had been eaten. And of course they have. So we were like, oh, the fairies must have really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's one thing that does seem pretty consistent. I haven't heard of many house fairies or indoor fairies. Um, you know, it's almost, uh, they're almost always uh, equated with the, the wild or nature or outdoors, but, um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what they do. I mean, I know like elves make shoes, you know, really? at, at night, you know, elves will like make shoes and they'll like, they'll leave you gifts and stuff, but I'm not entirely sure what the purpose of fairies are outside of, uh, you know, they're, they play tricks and 
you know, wear flowers as hats. So, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it seems like that's a, a common thread is, you know, uh, is what, you know, are they good? Are they evil? Are they scary? And as, you know, we find out with most uh, topics and we'll, we'll see what happens this week, but uh, from, you know, the little bit of research that I did, it seems like, you know, people say, oh, well, they, they can be evil and tricksters, but they can also not be. So, you know, just like many of our other uh, creatures and topics, um, you know, they're just like humans, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Yeah. And um, so are they tiny humans? Is that what we're... Uh, I've heard, you know, yeah, I've heard that's that kind of. <laughs> and then I think it falls into the, um, I don't know what it's called, changeling or, or swapping oh, yeah. Yeah, lore. Like sometimes they're swapped at birth, uh, you know, a, a real baby for a fairy baby or vice versa or something like that. Um, sure. And uh, I don't know how the biology or the physics of a, a small person, a human that small would work. I think I think I have an idea for the per- the perfect person to answer those questions. I wonder if we have Dr. Seymour this week. Oh, do we? Do we? Let's check in with the science bunker <laughs> and see if Dr. Seymour is available. Fingers crossed. Hack Dr. the mainframe. Yeah, I'm hacking the mainframe. Where's Dr. Seymour? Uh, hello, hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Dr. Seymour. We uh, we were just talking about fairies and biology came up. And um, yeah, so that's, what, that's really where you... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're starting from square one this week. We're not entirely sure. So I guess our question is, uh, from a biological standpoint, how can a fairy exist? Because it looks like we've got a, a tiny uh, person with wings, and, and maybe some of them don't have wings. I know some of them ride, ride little animals around. So um, take it away. How does this work? Yeah, very interesting. Um, it's, it's one of those things that uh, we could we could easily deny and say it's it's just part of the story but if it's been a part of the story for so long the, there's a reason why um, and I think if we the biologically um, there's a pretty clear path it's just one we haven't had to, to go down very often there we um, talk often in terms of evolution you know of the uh, connection between different primates. And um, humans are most closely connected to the great apes, the orangutan, the gorilla, and the chimpanzee. And over over time, um, that evolution happened. But there is a lot of primates that are much, much smaller that live in trees that um, can jump and fly, that fly or float around. We think of like flying squirrels, but there's actually a lot of um, monkeys that have done that in the past and some that still do. So really, we're kind of seeing a, um, a parallel evolution of some of the bigger, smarter, stronger uh, primates on the ground evolving into humans, whereas some of the more spry and small um, primates that would live more in the trees uh, evolving into some other human-like creatures. Yeah. And you see it too with squirrels. You have flying squirrels and things like that. So maybe instead of like, um, you know, like um, insect wings, maybe we're dealing more of like a gliding kind of thing. And to the naked eye, it looks like flying, but maybe like, uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear says is falling with style. Exactly. And that's why some of the less stylish falling may have maybe portrayed over times as, as riding on things. There's mm. once again, depending exactly which which species they evolved from and how they changed to their environment over time. Some may be more elegant gliders than others. Yeah. So I hear, you know, here, I guess, or I've seen a lot of nonsense from armchair experts who aren't, you know, real scientists and uh, learned folks uh, such as yourself say that, oh, well, if a, a human type person thing were that small, it would die from hypothermia or its organs would be this and wouldn't work because of that. Just a lot of kind of armchair science mm-hmm. that, I, you know, I I don't have the background to dispute. Um, what are your thoughts on that, of the physics of, um, you know, human that small? Would I mean, obviously there would be differences, but you know, how uh, would those kind of internal organs work and the plausibility of it all? Yeah. And that's, that's where you say, like, it, it's very good where you kind of recognize your limitation there where a lot of people do not, they overstepped their bounds in terms of what they can. Th- they only have one set of experiences. And if it doesn't match up with that, then tell you what, I'll, I'll go straight to the message boards and let you know about it. <laughs> um, but 
Um, I guess the, the best difference that I could see, and you, you say, well, a blue whale is a mammal. They produce milk. They, like, they have all of the same organs in, in vastly different sizes and places. Um, but you can even look at their, their appendages, their arms, and their flippers, and there's, there's similarities to humans there more than there are to a lot of other things. So it's um, all animals, but mammals especially, are incredibly adept at um, adapting to their environment. So would a, would a tiny human being um, have a internal body temperature of 98.6? No. But would a tiny human being still be incredibly human-like and have the ability to, to function and to, to do all the things they need to, to, to stay alive? Of course. Yeah. I bet the metabolism is just crazy on those things. And the, the whale uh, example really resonates with me. I mean, I can see uh, if there were a bunch of whales on the Internet and saying, uh, well, a little tiny version of us that's the size of, uh, you know, a human wouldn't wouldn't work. But, you know, here we are and we're the size of humans. Exactly. Humans yeah. are the size yeah. of humans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mammals of all shapes and sizes survive in their environments. So. They have to be able to adapt. I mean, if you're looking at a fairy and where they're living, obviously they've adapted to live in that area. Um, you know, just going off of what other species have done, I assume they would do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there, there would be climates that would be more friendly to, to different um, sizes of mammals. We've seen that. And we've seen that if you go back in, in history, which, which animals survived the ice age. Um, but to say as a blanket statement that, that something can or can't exist because it doesn't look like you or smell like you or, or, um, uh, eat like you is, is a very, uh, very, um, selfish and, uh, small minded yeah. way to exclude something as likely as the existence of fairies. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to be ignorant. So uh, I think that's a really good uh, place to start. Uh, so uh, thank you, Dr. Seymour. Are you going to uh, be joining us later in the show or you got to get back down to the science bunker? We're, we're still in the lab. Um, we, we were talking a couple weeks ago. And like I said, we're not we're not spilling any industry secrets mm. here, but we are getting excited about about some breakthroughs that are that are in the mix. And um, we're in the heat of it right now. So I think I. I better be back to make sure that uh, everything's going the way that it that it needs to. All right. Well, we don't want to keep you, and we look forward to hearing what you're working on. Yes, it will. It will be on the um, the cover of journals soon, and hopefully, oh. uh, um, hopefully, we make uh, mainstream news. But um, you'll be the first to know. Well, we certainly appreciate that. Oh, All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Seema. We'll go ahead and close up the science bunker here. And cool. All right. So why don't we take a quick little break and we'll be back with our special guest today talking all about fairies on Real True Facts. Welcome back from a quick break. Our guest today is a folklorist with an emphasis on the fae or fairies. Her book on how to communicate with fairies is number eight on the New York Times bestseller list. Please give us a warm welcome and welcome Dr. Elizabeth Torreseva to the show. Hello. Thank Hi. you so much for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. <laughs> No, the pleasure is mine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I have been following your career for the past five years, I think, uh, when we spoke. Wow. Uh, yeah, before the show, you mentioned that it had really only been five years. And uh, when I think back on it, um, it feels so much longer than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in school. I was in school for quite a long time. And um, so I was doing quite a bit of, of research and stuff while I was in school. But... Yeah, five-year career. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Uh, so you are a folklorist, and uh, your emphasis is on fairies. Uh, can you tell us a little bit what a folklorist actually does? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, 
we are sort of the vessels that um, we can we're able to connect the world of, of, of this realm and the fairy realm. Um, so it's really, I mean, hmm, where to start? So basically, um, there are different entrances to the fairy realm scattered throughout this planet and this realm of existence as we know it. Um, but really there aren't that many people that have the stamina and ability to enter into this other realm or are open to it. It's, um, it's an energy sort of a realm. So there are only a, a handful really that I've ever met of people that have the ability to enter into that realm. So we're really the, the correspondence between our realm and their realm so that they can learn more about us and then we can learn more about them. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, right off the bat, there's an entirely different realm which mm-hmm. uh, is what, you know, what we've all been curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, before we delve any deeper into that, I have to I have to get my head clear. Are they, should we be calling them fairies or fae or, or is there um, a proper um, nomenclature here or is, is anything improper? Mm, well, I mean, that, that is an English word, right? So um, it, it, I don't think they really care what, what we call them. Uh, so you can call them whatever you'd like. The, the word in, in their language is um, actually, so that's oh. what, if you'd like to call them in their in, in the way that they communicate, um, you can use that. But it's, you know, fairy is fine. You know, I don't, they don't really, they're okay. not really concerned. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if my voice can go that high. I'm not trained. Yeah. I always <laughs> like seem to I embarrass said, myself with native tongues. You know, whenever yeah. I go to an Italian restaurant and I try and order a uh, certain pasta or wine. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have to stick with the, um, the English in, in this case, as long as they don't mind. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if we're, if we're dealing with, um, not a parallel universe, but another where another realm. Mm-hmm. So this is is this happening in front of our eyes? We just can't see it. Yes, actually. So they are free to move around um, our realm. Um, so let's let's think of it this way, right? So we are um, three dimensional beings, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that we can see. Um, in one dimensions and two dimensions and then finally three dimensions. So you can only see up to the dimension that you're currently existing in. Um, they live in a different dimension or realm, but there are entrances between the realms. Um, so I guess when there are, when they do enter our realm, um, they can make themselves visible to us by, they can shape shift between dimensions so they can, they can uh, make themselves visible to us if they want to. Um, usually, if they want to transcend to our dimension, it's sort of difficult to explain. If they want to transcend to our dimension um, just to and not be visible to us, then they actually usually take place, uh, they take the form of dragonflies usually. Oh, okay. Mm. So, so that's something that's easier for us to see. Yes, and if they want to... Uh, make themselves known in a way that won't be too paralyzing to us, then they'll usually take the form of dragonflies. And then if they feel safe to reveal themselves um, after that, then, then they usually do. But uh, human beings were a, a huge threat to them for a long time. So that's pretty much why they ended up fleeing this dimension anyways, because they were once human beings started existing on in this dimension, in this realm, um, they, they were sort of a threat to fairy life. So they, they fled and um, they're very scared to reveal themselves in most situations. So. Oh yeah. I, I would imagine that, you know, the threat of being kept in a jar with holes poked in the top is uh is pretty scary, I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So that also makes me curious. When you enter their dimension, do you have to, do you take the form of some other 
some animal or being that's native to their uh, culture and realm and world? Or do you look and feel pretty much the same? I feel pretty much the same. They actually don't have mirrors the way that we do. Um, they're, they're not quite as vain. Um, but so I don't really know the form that I take while I'm there. Sometimes there, when I look down at myself, I, I'm revealed to myself as like a gas, like a gaseous Mm -hmm. form. Um, but that's sort of when I look down at my own body, but they don't have a mirror. So Mm -hmm. I I couldn't tell you if I, maybe I have a face that I'm not aware of. I'm not really sure. Right. (laughs) I mean, who, who knows what forms we take on if we're entering a different realm. It could be something very much similar to like astral projecting where you, you know, see your body from above and, and you look down and it's just another, it's yourself in another dimension. So it could, it could look like anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so, how does one, because your book is How to Communicate with Fairies, so how does one uh, begin to enter this world, and is it safe to do so? It, it is safe, but there um, there's quite a bit of training behind it. Um, you sort of have to be, I guess, brought in. Um, it, it's, um, but I am glad that you asked uh, exactly how how to communicate because the language is, is very different. So, mm-hmm. um, the way that I was sort of brought into this world was, um, I met a man while I was hiking, um, a man that at that time to me was a stranger. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I asked him if he had, if he lived somewhere around there and he said that he was free and I didn't know what that meant. And I, so I said, what do you, what do you mean? doesn't mean that you don't have a home. And he said, I'm actually beyond all of that. I'm, I'm free from all of these structures. And I thought that that was rather interesting. So we got to talking and, um, eventually he trusted me enough to tell me about what was going on. And, um, he sensed that I, I didn't think that that was crazy or or insane I didn't judge it I just said Mm -hmm. wow that seems Mm -hmm. very interesting I would I'm so interested in in what in what that is and um so eventually it's he eventually we (laughs) he took me to this river where there was like a lot of dragonflies I was like is this a dragonfly mating ground of sorts and Mm -hmm. um sure and um, he said, actually, those are fairies. And I was like, those are dragonflies. Ah, I got you, you know, and, um, sure. and because, um, these creatures are, uh, clairsentient, which means that they can feel your energy and they, they can sense how your soul is, um, from a feeling and from your energy, oh, they wow. sensed, um, that I would be a great addition to, um, you know, a correspondence of sorts. And, um, eventually I was, uh, you know, taught the language and brought in with open arms and it's, um, it's quite beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it changed yeah. my life. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they want to bridge the gap just because of the history between, um, the fairy folk and humans that perhaps they are a little tentative to, um, reach out to humans again, but are open to the concept. Yes, yes. I think um, the hope is that eventually we can get um, to a point where we won't be trying to cause any harm to one another. <laughs> right. You know? Hmm. Wow. So uh, how long is, ha- have you been in, able to access the realm now? How long has this been? It's been about four and a half years. Wow, four and a half years. So, have you uh, noticed it, that it? I mean, it sounds like it has, but made a difference in your life over, uh, I guess, on this side. I mean, has it really impacted you personally? Yes, absolutely. I'm, um, I'm a happier person, you know, and I think it's, um, it comes from wanting to to give and receive openly. I mean, there are so many restrictions that we have 
in our worlds that they don't have um, and that they don't care about. You know, as I think as you get older as a human being, you look back on things that you really cared about, say, 10, 10 years ago, and you go, why, why was that such a big deal? Pretty much none of the things that we think are a big deal are a big deal in, in their realm. So it, it, it's a lot, there's a lot more peace there. You know, there's, there's no, um, there's no violence or, um, restrictions or, you know, societal pressures that these, these words don't, they don't make sense. They don't, they don't process them at the same way that we do. You know, there is, there are no societal pressures to be beautiful or, or to be this or that or better than anybody. They, these things don't make sense to them. So I think as a, I have felt more free as well. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I first met um, Dr. Finkelstein, which literally sounds like a made up name. When he told me his name, I was like, I was like, I don't believe you. Um, but when he said that he was free and I now have a full understanding of what that means. Yeah, you get what that means now. It's, it sounds like a very uh, lofty concept or, or a made-up concept. But then once you, you see it and you understand um, the society and the lessons that they want to teach us, then it's like, oh, okay. It's like you belong to a very special club now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask, um, what are some of the first – lessons or, or, uh, I guess like, um, uh, maybe things you had trouble with or like uh, communication gaps or something like what was some of the first things that the fairy folk, uh, taught you when you uh, first entered into their society? Mm. Mm. Well, um, first, uh, you know, Dr. Michael taught me how to communicate so there were there were some things that I knew that I um, shouldn't do, shouldn't shouldn't do. Um, the fairy folk are they're very strong. Um, they don't use that for violence most times, um, but they are they're also you know because they're they're evolved so much further than we are. Um, but there are some things they do have their weaknesses as well. I mean. They are very OCD creatures. So you, mm. think, um, so they're very sensitive to um, certain like irons or silvers. They are um, they're very controlling over certain things. Like I was wearing a ring the first day that we transcended um, to their realm, and and I I got in so much trouble. Ah! It was, um, it was a forbidden metal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 It was like, yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I got, you know, but it's also like, they're like, they're very OCD meaning like, um, like one time I, I accidentally, I, I brought like a vial of sugar because, well, that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> but, uh, we had to bring our own food and I had this vial of sugar that we were using for strawberries and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, and I dropped, I dropped it and that they're so OCD. It's sort of like they have to count every single grain of sugar oh, wow. that I, that I dropped and they are paralyzed with their, they, or what, what we sort of think is, is like an OCD sort of a thing. Um, so it's sort of like in Rain Man, the way that, um, he counted the, uh, the toothpicks. Yeah. The toothpicks. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly how they are. Wow. If you drop anything, they become paralyzed. They have to count them. And they gotta count it. Yeah. So first few days where uh, I made some mistakes, but what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Yeah. You li- you live and learn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like everything has its place um, mm. uh, with them. That's really quite interesting. Um, I think I'm still. Yeah. I'm still reeling a bit. This is so uh, in. Very interesting. I wonder if we should maybe take a quick break and uh, get right back into it. Yeah, sounds good. We'll be right back. We're back from a short break here on Real True Facts this week, talking about fairies with Dr. Elizabeth Torreseva. And uh, 
I don't know if we went over your um, you have a doctorate, correct? We're referring to as doctor. Where um, where did you receive that doctorate? Well, from the um, the initial the education in my background is um, folklore with uh, an emphasis on fairies. Um, I received that from the Woodlands University of the Arts in Folklore. Mm. Um, so that's where sort of I did all of my education. Um, yeah, they have a great online program. They do. They do. It's actually, um, I mean, if, if you can maintain like a B average, you can probably, you can probably get in there. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay. You have my attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, so, it's expensive, but it sounds like a private, a private arts college, which typically is very expensive. Mm-hmm. I, I want to switch gears a little bit because we've been talking a lot about your background, but um, we always ask about um, the influence of the media with with things like this, because mm. we see a lot of pictures of fairies. We see them represented a lot in movies, TV. Um, they're in art a lot ever since, I mean, I'm thinking back to like the Renaissance or even like the Victorian or Edwardian uh, eras. We have tons of, of paintings of just, you know, beautiful people with wings and just this sort of like enchanted or, or magical kind of element. And, and, you know, people always talk about, you know, fairies are mischievous and they, they like to blame, you know, misfortune. Oh, it must be the fairies or we have to do something to appease the fairies. So with these, with these images, you know, how, how um, accurate is it? Are, are they dead on or do they look like something completely different? Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, they, they, they can take on different forms. I mean, like we, like I said, the in the actual realm of fairies, um, they don't quite look like that as much as they look like um, very bright lights. Um, but here in this realm, when they usually make themselves known as meaning they they transcend from the dragonfly shape that a lot of us have seen them in. Um, mm-hmm and into uh, a fairy form or like a tank form. Um, yeah, they do. They look, they take on the shape of humans with wings because, you know, they, they know that human beings like themselves a whole lot. And so when they see other sh- uh, shapes that look like them, they're less likely to attack. Um, although yeah. if they need to get away quickly, that hence the wings. Um, they also, they know that, um, human beings, uh, we love things that are smaller. So like we love babies, we love puppies, we love, you know, anything that is small is cute. So they said, if we take on this form again, hopefully they'll be less likely to attack. So Yeah. yeah, that's usually, it's usually pretty accurate. So a movie like, uh, yeah, a movie like Peter Pan, for for instance, like, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 could be spot on based on the way that they've appeared to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they um, the the most common occurrence is more of like a, uh, you know, like a cherub, like a yeah, like, a cherub. Yeah. Yeah. Like a small um, obese baby. That's sort of what most of the time the pretty average form is again, again, because of, we like things that are small and cute. Um, but a, if like if a full grown woman, um, like in Peter Pan, like a Tinkerbell, um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it really depends on who they were revealing themselves to, because if they're revealing themselves to, Hmm. say like a it's it's all based on energy so it's 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 not even really necessarily based on their choosing but it's more of they will pretty much automatically appear at as whatever form will pose the least amount of threat so if they're revealing themselves in front of a man that maybe he's a little bit misogynistic let's say like a little bit you know he's like ah i think women are i can overpower them and so they're not a threat to me 
then yes, yes, they would reveal themselves into the form of, say, like something like Tinkerbell, like a fully grown, attractive woman. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a gross way of saying it, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, energy does play a big part of it. I guess I could uh, uh, explain maybe like, because uh, we, we talked a, a lot about angels and demons in, in previous uh, episodes. And uh, it's very possible that if people were seeing angels, they could be seeing fairies too. That's just how they decided to uh, materialize in front of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I hate to get political, but it sounds like, uh, you know, they have maybe have revealed themselves to you and brought you in. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think they have uh, an agenda as far as, hey, we want to you know, ensure peace. So this is what we would like you to do. Just, you know, try and help keep us safe or, Hey, tell humans that we're not, you know, out to get them, that we just want them to not destroy us. Is there, is there any sort of message or, um, you know, anything like that uh, where they're trying to communicate with us through you? Is there any sort of MO? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's really like, they are, at this point, excuse me, very self-sufficient. Um, so they don't really need anything from us at this point. Um, although, so there's, you know, there's like no reason to, to go back and forth very often other than curiosity, you know, other than like as a society. And again, there's, there's no, hierarchy in the way that we have built systems here um they sort of are above that so (laughs) if everyone is sort of self-governing so if if one fairy decides to transcend into our realm um or i guess descend i guess uh to our realm then it's it's from it's from their their own wants and needs. Um, okay, so interesting. I guess, yeah. So there's yeah. no overarching, you know, uh, uh, you know, extending an olive branch to uh, to wage peace or anything like that. That's not really necessary, and they don't operate within some sort of bloated governmental system. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can, I can see that, uh, man, if I were one of them, I'd have to imagine I'd still be a little, I don't know how they worry, but I'd be worried of, you know, maybe people on the other side being jealous of that or, you know, disliking anything that is different, even though it sounds uh, a heck of a lot better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I would, I would say like, yes, like they, if, of the of of the beings that I've met, uh, mostly tinks. Uh, tinks tinks are um, fairies with wings, and then there are pixies. The most of the pixies are like what that's what, sort of like what uh, my my kind has sort of been calling them. Most of them don't actually have wings. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. It's like they're the same being, but they don't fly or they choose not to fly. Uh, so most of the tinks that I met, they were they were all just telling me that like, like they, they, they are more peace. Like they would like peace. Um, they're very scared of our mentality of war and our mentality of, uh, I am better than you. So I'm taking this from you, anything like that. So I guess, yes, politically speaking, uh, most of the things I met would probably lean towards a little bit more liberals. (laughs) They don't like, they don't like words like fight warrior. It's just not in their vocabulary. This this, this really sounds like a utopia and it's, it's so impossible for utopia to be achieved uh, on earth with humans, but it sounds like these fairy folk have achieved a sense of utopia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say, I I think, um, suffering is, um, I think it's it's so it's a sort of a human 
flaw. I mean, yeah, yeah, just... yeah. We 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 choose we choose our own suffering. <laughs> well, when when you said uh, that um, you know the fairies uh, descend to our realm for fun, it reminded me of being a kid, and um, you know you get together with your friends, and you you have that one house in your neighborhood that everyone says is haunted or is weird, and you know you get together and you're like, I dare you to, I dare you to ring the doorbell. Like it, it kind of sounds like that's what fairies are doing with us. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It is. It is. And they like, because, because we've been corresponding with them for years and what is happening in our planet and our realm. Um, it, they, they laugh at a lot of the things that we consider problems. Like they, they will make fun of us. Like they, they're, they're, they're roasty kind of like, or the few that the, the ones that I'm closest with, like, they're very like roasty. Like they're like, ha ha ha. Like you're so silly, but it's like out of love, you know, yeah. it's difficult to explain. It's like, so w- when people say that pixies are and tinks are, are like uh, mischievous, right. It's because they are <laughs> in a sense. I think, I think that um, the representation of them in media being like mischievous, I would say that it's sort of true, but I don't ever think that it is ill-willed because they don't even like they don't know what, what ill will is basically right, they don't know they don't know wow. yeah we're uh running into a lot of um uh kind of gaps in in reality in, in that like we have we don't really have terms it seems to describe what they do and feel so we're using kind of our uh our archaic human uh vocabulary to describe them and it's um an interesting challenge it seems yeah, yeah. I would love to get roasted by a fairy. Honestly, like I would love to have something like that make fun of me in a very uh, loving way. Um, yeah. So yeah. So earlier in the show, uh, I talked about my mom and me throwing strawberries and rum out into the yard to uh, feed the <laughs> to feed feed the fairies, and we do this at like midnight, one a.m., and we'd go out in the yard and do that. Um, was that pointless or is that cool? Like, did they like that? <laughs> they like stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes people will leave gifts for them or they'll like leave little trinkets out for the fairies to take. Like, is, is that something that you've seen be successful? Yeah. I mean, um, they love trinkets. Uh, they love, they love uh, like, like earth trinkets. Um, um, they don't eat really. Uh, no. They mostly. I guess it's hard to explain. Like they, they recycle their energy. So like, um, man, it would sort of be like, like when I speak to you, I'm giving you a certain amount of my energy and they take, they would take that energy and then use that as their energy source. So they mostly get their energy sources from each other, which is (laughs) why they're so protective of, of their, of each other, uh, because that's, that's their source of, of energy. Um, they, so, it, so if one dies, for instance, that is really a shock to all of them because that's, it's really the survival of all of them. If, if one goes down. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That would, I think that's, that might be sort of their philosophy of threats and, um, they can, they can eat, um, things it's mostly just like they'll eat them and then um but they don't they can't poop right so like they'll usually just like like cough right. them like cough <laughs> them back up um so they'll eat more out of curiosity than anything or just an enjoyment of the experience rather than fuel or sustenance right yeah and they love okay, um and yeah like yes i would say they're there is a drinking problem. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say, well, we we, we kept we kept them very hydrated at our house. We gave yeah. them a lot of booze. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do love to party. So, um, their their big thing though is like um, like cheeses and creams uh, intoxicate them in the same way that like like mushrooms would intoxicate us. Like it. Sure. Um, it takes them some for some reason like different creams um, and like milks and cheeses for whatever reason intoxicate them. Big big on the dairy. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I mean, it comes from cows. It comes from, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, those are just more things to research. I know you've been doing this for five years. I mean, that's a long time. But, you know, when you're dealing with a civilization that is, I I suppose, been around since the dawn of time, that's Mm -hmm. like a drop in the bucket. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And they didn't, they were um, sort of existing on this plane um, for a good long while, it, it, but there there were too many threats in, in this realm. Um, so that's sort of why they they chose to flee. Yeah, <laughs> which well, makes that's, sense. That's smart. That's smart. It ensures their survival, which is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem. Yeah, you have. Um, you know, you've had some time, but to get as granular as you know, uh, what, uh, if different animal, uh, dairy get, gives them different kind of highs, uh, you know, if a goat is one kind of high and a cow's milk and cheese is another, I mean, that's pretty extensive research, I, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, again, I, it's just something that I know, but I guess I never really thought to explore why, why, or, um, well, I guess I guess you don't really have to. I mean, when you're in the fairy mm-hmm. realm, there's really no, um, really no need to pursue anything other than just being in the moment because that's what they're doing. You know, they're not. There's really nothing to study in terms of of war or um, hierarchies or society or anything like that. So you're kind of just in party mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah. no, um, there's not really, they don't really have like sex organs in the same way that we have sex organs. So there's, they're really not reproducing. Um, they're, they're like souls are immortal. So it's just like they are growing and changing as souls. And they can, I mean, as you transcend, depending on how long the soul um, has sort of been in that realm for, it, it transcends in different ways, but, uh, and it can take different forms, but there's no, they don't really breed. I don't know. I don't know how. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they keep, I think it's something, I think it's something to do with like the splitting of their, of their souls. So when their souls mm-hmm. are split, then it can create more fairies. Um, yeah. but but yeah, there's no reproducing. There's no like, which is again, it's something that they laugh and joke about. Yeah, like the yeah. idea that we're so obsessed with sex and and creating <laughs> more human beings, they think is really funny. Yeah. I mean, and I know that's something that you would just kind of know. I know that's not your area of expertise, but that is fascinating on yeah. our end to, to learn that uh, um, their priorities are just so much different than ours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they would make fun of you if you if you really, if you really wanted to get roasted. I mean, you just have to think about sex or something because again, <laughs> they're they're clear sentient. So like, if you are if you have if a fear pops up for you, if a moment of worry or anxiety pops up for you, and something that they think is funny, they'll make fun of you. Or like, if you or if you think about sex or something, they'll make fun of you. Like they're clear sentient, so they can just they pick up on your energy like that. They just and they, know. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Well, I would be terrified <laughs> to think about anything, you know. Yeah, I think that's a pretty efficient way of making folks honest and uh, transparent from the get-go. If they already know exactly what you're thinking and feeling, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're certainly not able to hide anything. Or, uh, uh, and I, th- I think that could go go a long way. I, I'd be interested to try that out here in in our realm. Yeah. I mean, I could see how someone would easily be threatened or feel insecure if you had a, a, a being like a fairy that not read minds, but basically read minds and, and read our emotions and just see through us. And of course they would feel threatened in that way. So I think it was smart for them to kind of go to this other realm, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it would be nice to have peace. So I'm very glad that um, there are fairies that are trying to come over here. And especially with you being um a proxy or a nice representative of human culture that the work you're doing is very valuable. Mm, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with Dr. Elizabeth talking all about fairies.
back from a break and we're finishing up our wonderful interview with the effervescent Dr. Elizabeth Torreseva. Uh, I just, you know, I, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. You, uh, I love your personality. I'm so glad we finally got to meet after all these years. And, uh, you know, I, I value your work. I know Leo does. And uh, I'm very happy that we were able to uh, bring the world of fairies closer to uh, other people's reality. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's it's a pleasure for me, honestly. I mean, I just feel lucky. I feel lucky to be doing the work that I do. I, I feel grateful that I have mentors in my life that that are that are that are kind enough to teach me everything they know. And um, you know, it's it's sort of this wonderful thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think we're really fortunate here on Real True Facts to, you know, get to the bottom of things. But now, you know, now we know uh, you shouldn't just bottle, you know, you see something interesting or weird, you shouldn't just bottle it up and, you know, put it in your in your closet or on your desk. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I one of my big takeaways, honestly, is, hey, there are, you know, other peaceful beings, not just this world, but in other realms so, um, you know, let it, uh, let it, let it do its thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think, I think the, I mean, the bottling of fairies is, I think one of the biggest tragedies of, of the work that I do. And I mean, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad because like, like I was saying earlier, when, when they lose one of their own, <sighs> It's just it's some of the saddest things that that can happen and again when when they as as a, a society um sort of when when they experience great trauma since they're all connected to sharing one energy um they all feel trauma together yeah. and basically what happens when they experience great trauma is a, a soul rupture. So when they all experience a soul rupture at the same time, um, it, it, it's, it's quite a thing to see because it's, I mean, I, I don't see how any human being could see a soul rupture and not cry themselves. I mean, it's, it's one of the most powerful, powerfully energetic experiences that I've ever gone through. Um, but basically what happens after the soul rupture is that it, a rebirth is created. Mm. So, um, oh yeah. Oh, that's the edge of like my emotions. And then it's- <laughs> so that's, that's how more I created. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. They recycle the energy, but, uh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. I mean, I, I would be, I would just be beside myself. So it's, it's like the, the beauty in tragedy, but obviously, you know, you don't want to take a fairy. You don't want to bottle it up. You don't want to remove that energy from their life source. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's so tragic. So that, that's something that you shouldn't do. Uh, but we always like to ask on the show, uh, what do you do if you encounter a fairy? If you're, <laughs> just, if you're just a regular person and you encounter a fairy, uh, what are some things that you should do? Party! They <laughs> 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 um, love to party. Um, yeah, just like ask questions. Um give your energy as fully as you can because that's what they feed off of. Um, you know, they, you, like I was saying, you can't hide anything, right? Like that, um, give love as strongly as you can, because I think the more that we're able to show and give love, um, to these beautiful, beautiful creatures, the more they will continue to come and and be part of our world and the more that we can be part of their world i want i want more of an open communication um between our realms i want more entrances around the world to open up and that can only be possible if we continue to show love and support and positive energy instead of any type of fear or threat or hatred just Love things that are different from you. 
you know, <laughs> love and appreciate the fact that there are differences in this world and we all have room to exist. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Elizabeth Torreseva, uh, her book, How to Communicate with Fairies, is out now. Dr. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. All right. Leo. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, I wow. Yeah, it's How- great to end a, another interview on an, on an up note. You know, I love that. I love it. Sometimes things get scary when they get a little iffy, but, uh, I, I always love it. Um, yeah. Especially when, you know, uh, when our advice, if, uh, we experience an encounter or find ourselves in an encounter is to have fun is to part. I mean, I don't think yeah. it can get more positive than that. Yeah. So, just, just party. I yeah. mean, I mean, and I think like, is it really that simple? But, but yeah, I guess it can be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of parties, do we, uh, what do we have for our listener mail this week? Yeah, we have a question today. We've got our, uh, our trusty mail bag here. Uh, the question today comes from uh, Mr. Creek Nelson of Franklin, Tennessee. He asks, why do Ouija boards use a planchette? Would, I mean, I guess I should ask, do you know what a planchette is? Well, there aren't a lot of, parts to a Ouija board. Uh, I'm seeing you got the board. (laughs) Yeah, so um, my deductive reasoning and uh, etymology uh, from former Latin lessons would make me think that it's a little thing you hold on to. Yeah, that little thingy with the, I guess there's a needle in it and the the see-through part so you can see the letters. So that's a that's the planchette. So yeah, no. uh, and I, I mean that's a good question because it you know why would we need this little physical object for a Ouija board um, to be led around? But I think it's um, we need some sort of physical apparatus to channel the energy. If we just had a board and ourselves, um, that's not quite a fine enough tip of an instrument. Yeah, I, my, I, I, yeah, that's my. Uh, I, I think that's right. I think you know you, you have like, well, you know you have like amulets and you have talismans and things like that, and you you put the energy and you put the intent into it, and I guess you need always you need a vessel, right? Like if you're gonna house the spirit world or talk to the spirit world, you need a vessel. Uh, so I, I guess that would be the answer. As, yeah, I mean, as far if, as if I I'm know. playing with a Ouija board and oh well, you know what. I can't find the planchet. It's fine if the spirit just talks through me. It's, you know, um, I think it's a good buffer too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, if you're going to make a phone call, you need your phone. You can't just yell out the window. You can only go so far. So it's like if the spirit world's going to make a phone call, they need their, their little uh, planchet. Their apparatus. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, uh, I guess, consider it like a, a ghost phone or something. Sure. It's a tool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Nelson. Excellent question. Uh, it, listeners, if you have questions of your own, you can reach out to us and email us at um, mail at realtruefactspodcast.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at realtruefactsgram. So uh, you can always comment on our things there or answer any questions that we may post on our stories and uh, send us a DM as well. And any questions you have, if we like it, we'll read it on there and, and answer it to the best of our ability. Yeah, so be sure to email us uh, and you can subscribe and listen on just about every platform out there. Apple, Google, um, Spotify. We're on uh, the Amazon I, I think Amazon owns Audible now, and I, we may or may not be on there. It, it, it takes a little time for the process. But, yeah, just about any platform that exists we're on, and if you use one that we're not currently on, let us know. Yes, we are everywhere, so all, all you have to do is, uh, is is wish and dream, and you'll find us. Um, but, yes, uh, that email address, again, is mail at Real True Facts Podcast. Um, if you don't know where to listen to the show, you can always type in realtruefactspodcast.com. You can find us there. Uh, and um, we'll have a 
whole lot more content for you there. Uh, also, thank you, Podmoth Media. Be sure to check them out on uh, Instagram at Podmoth. Uh, they've got a lot of cool shows there, and you'll be able to see some more of our content on there too. So uh, that is it for us today. Uh, thank you again to our guests, obviously, Dr. Seymour from the Science Bunker and Dr. Elizabeth Torres-Seva. Uh, be sure to check out her book. But uh, that'll be it for us today. We will see you next time on Real True Facts. And remember, dear listeners, keep questioning your world because just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true. We'll see you next time.